Episode 13, The Golden Door. The ship pulls in the New York Harbor, overwhelming me with sadness. I'm an immigrant in my own country. The Statue of Liberty's welcoming spirit eases my mind, reminding me that not all hope is lost. I leave the ship with nothing in hand but a suitcase and an envelope containing a false identity. I'm truly lost. Hey, Abby! Jack hurries to catch me. Hey, Jack. I rush with excitement. I've missed him since I only got to see him once on board. Thanks again for all your help. We're silent as we watch a few soldiers and sailors reunite with their families. The air here reeks of archaic metropolis, industry, life in early 20th century America. Do you, uh, have a place to go? Yes, I mean, no, but I hate to turn away his help. However, I shouldn't take help from him. I need to find a way to fix my time machine and just go home. (laughs) It's too bad I don't know how to fix the watch or where home would be if I did fix it. I'm falling for Jack's caring eyes and attentive disposition, which invite me to delve deeper into his person. His voice lags with disappointment. Don't worry. I understand. I'm a strange man you barely know. You have no reason to trust a lug like me. (sighs) No, it's not that, Jack. You haven't given me a reason not to trust you. It's just, I prefer to do this on my own. I start walking away, though something deep inside of me longs for him. Well, let me help you. He follows me. You've already told me a dark secret. Great. I was hoping he forgot about our little conversation at the hospital. Oh, well, I was joking. I walk faster to avoid him. I don't believe that. He walks faster to catch up, but his wounded leg reminds him he's not quite healed yet. He catches up, grabbing my hand, pulling me closer to him. (laughs) Jeez. What are you doing? I can help you if you just allow me to help you. Jack, you can't help me. No one can. He removes his old brown leather wallet from his pocket. Well, at least let me help you get a room for the night. No, I told you. I need to figure this out on my own. Why on your own? He lectures. Where do you plan on sleeping tonight? I say nothing. My options are thin. Follow a kind stranger or stay on the streets and starve. (gasps) Come with me. He leads me to a cab. In the cab, Jack tells me of his plans. Listen, uh... I have a house in Natick. I'm heading there this week. Anyway, I have a spare bedroom you can use. I mean, if you want. When Jack stops talking, my mind catches up to my ears. Did he just say he wants me to move in with him? I'll understand if you think I'm a fruitcake or something. You want me to just let you be. But just so you know, you do have a place to stay. If you want it. Assuming you can put up with me as a roommate. He makes me smile. He's so warm. I'll think about it, Jack. You got yourself a deal, ma'am. He gently touches my hand, but immediately pulls it back, remembering my frailty. His brief touch lingers, leaving me to desire his sanctuary. I need it. I need that safe place. He reminds me of a lovely distant memory, lost in a time which may have never existed in the first place. We arrive at a hotel, and Jack tells the driver to wait for him. On our way into the door, Jack tries to ease my mind. Y'all don't like it, here. I've stayed here a few times. He holds the door open. Not the fanciest, but it is nice and clean. I guardedly enter the lobby. Let's get you a room for the night. Jack walks confidently to the desk. This is surreal. I can't move my feet from my current position. I stand, cemented to the middle of the lobby. I've been living on a slight emotional edge, lost in time. Lost in the world. I don't know how much more I can take. Oh, they can see me. They know what I did. No, they're staring. My heart pounds. I need help. 
I need sleep. I can't me. breathe. They know. No, no. Nervous sweat rolls down my body. I'm in a bubble of sorrow, trapped in the open eyes of the world. I need to explode. I'm going to explode. <laughs> a calming presence brings me back to reality, extinguishing my fears. Hey, uh, you okay? Jack places his hand tenderly on my face and rubs my cheek. I close my eyes and dissolve into his hand. I will be. I step back. I just need to get some rest. Yes, yes you do. He hands me the key to my room and a small wad of money. It's all the cash I have on me right now. It'll be enough to get you some food and sundries at that little shop over there. He points to the small store in the lobby. I refuse the offer. I can't take this from you, Jack. I wouldn't be able to repay you. Abby, you need some help. I happen to have a little help to give. Just accept that help and be grateful. He looks me over. Besides, you're running off stag into the sunset. You're probably going to need to freshen up. Maybe a meal in the shower? He grins, easing the mood. Thank you. I owe you. I flush with gratitude and launch myself into his solid arms. Mm. I can't remember the last time I felt positive, raw human emotion. I don't want to let go, but I relinquish my grasp and smile. He wipes my tears. Get yourself rested, and I will see you later. He rushes out of the building. I watch him with a heavy heart. I don't want him to leave. But for now, I need to be alone. In my room, I lock the door and immediately take a hot shower. I have to cleanse myself of all the sins I've witnessed and the thoughts I can't shake. I allow the hot water to flow over my body, crying hard. I need it out. I need it all out and gone. Revitalization. Afterward, I throw on a robe and lie on the bed. Time to breathe and enjoy the peace. My head's full and I can't fixate on any single thought. The noise from the traffic on the street. The safety of home. The normality of it all is just numbing enough to put me to sleep. A rap on the door startles me out of mid-sleep. I tiptoe to the door and look through the peephole. A heat wave rolls over me. Oh, hey. I tie up my robe and open the chain lock so he can come in. You came back, Jack. I try to contain my giddiness. Hey. He walks in with a box in his hands. Of course I did, sweetheart. You owe me. You think I'm just going to let that go? He sets the box down on the table. What's that? It's a birthday gift. He waves his hand over it, presenting it to me. Happy birthday. I pull over a chair. What? It's not my birthday. Or is it? I wouldn't know. Hmm. I don't remember my life, let alone my birthday. He sits across from me. Yes, it is. You didn't look at your birth certificate? The one Joe made for you? I open the envelope containing my paperwork. On the certificate, the birthday is listed as June 27th, which is today. The name on the certificate is Abigail Delilah Hamilton. Hamilton. My name is Abigail Hamilton. His face turns red. Yes. I didn't want to use Abby Roken. <laughs> you know, just in case. Uh... There were people looking for you. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, you don't say. I nod sensually. Yes, but uh, you're not my wife or anything. I mean, not related, just the same last name. Which isn't very creative, but at least I know the name is wholesome. Now that you're here, in the U.S., you can be whoever you want. And what if I want to be Mrs. Hamilton? I mean, for paperwork's sake. I can't believe I just said that out loud. Well, I certainly wouldn't argue. He leans into me, his lips touching mine. We linger in a luscious kiss, but I can't let it go further. I need to keep on track. I jump back. I'm so sorry. Big dumb lug. I I, I misunderstood. I read the situation wrong. I'm so sorry. No, you didn't. I reassure him. I just want to take it slow. I have to get my head in order. I understand. I wouldn't pressure you with anything. It was just spontaneous. I wasn't thinking. He seems more nervous than ever. I'm sorry. Uh... I lightly place my finger over his lips to silence his nervous response. This is perfect. He passes my first test. 
Here's a man who's wrestled with the devil and come out unscathed. Yet, I make him nervous. It's adorable. You know, I should open my gift. Right. Yes, your gift. I pull the lid open and bring the gift out of the box. It's a beautiful dress. It's just right. This is so nice. Thank you, Jack. He sits back in his chair with a smile. Yeah. I asked Ginny about the sizing. You know, I I knew she'd give you a dress in England. He changes the subject before I can bring attention to his sweetness. Hey, uh, you hungry? Ugh, I'm starved. You want to go get some dinner? He puffs his new pipe. I spin around. Yes, please. I'm going to chew my own arm off. I rush to the bathroom to put on my new dress. In the full mirror, I stare at myself. My emaciated face and bony build reminds me of my troubles. (sighs) I need to feel good again. I dig through the makeup bag Ginny donated to me to find the right combination of colors. I can't wait to feel human again, to be a part of the real world for once. We walk down the street in a not-so-awkward silence. The nominal surroundings relax the troubled soul. You're so quiet. I link his robust arm. He glances at me. Are we talking about something? I look around. No, I suppose we're not. Automat? Jack points to an establishment. Automat? The word causes (laughs) me to giggle. It's food. It's not mama's cooking or anything, but it's it's pretty good for something on the go, you know? It's fast. A hell of a lot better than a sea bass. He opens the door for me. Uh, robotic. Inside of the automat, the harmony of aromas rumble my stomach. I'm craving something edible. We stand silently in front of the food dispenser, deciding what we want to ease our hunger pains. Jack gives me a handful of nickels. Here, this will get you anything you want. I look around the small windows at the prepared food. What does the gentleman recommend? Jack opens the compartment. Hard to go wrong with mashed potatoes and meatloaf. Oh yeah. Mmm, hot food. I make a similar decision for myself, carefully selecting my sides with each nickel in the slot. Jack puts his food on a tray. Ah, I have a sweet tooth. He puts his nickel in the cake dispenser. We find a table and eat our meals. Afterward, Jack watches the buzzing outside of the window, admiring the world which he fought so hard to protect. I join him, observing the people on the street who act like they haven't any idea what's happening thousands of miles across the ocean. The sacrifices being made by the soldiers. The horrors taking place in the Nazi camps. None of those things exist here. The safety feels situational. All of this could be gone in a snap. You want to get out of here? Jack stands. We walk back to the hotel again, in quiet. Floor, sir. Uh, yeah. Fourth floor? In the elevator, I nudge Jack. Thanks for showing me a much-needed good time. Anytime, miss. He flashes a smile. Your floor. Hey, thanks, pal. Yeah, thank you. We enter the room and unpack the sundries I purchased while we were out. Jack makes himself comfortable at the table, reading through his new mechanics magazine. I watch him a moment to gauge him. He's so calm and relaxed. I trust him. It's a relief to be around someone so well-rounded, so normal. Just feels so right. Here goes nothing. So, Jack... I think of a way to ask. Are you serious about letting me come stay with you and Natick? What do you ask? He sets his magazine down. Are you planning on coming with me? His excitement is cute. Well, if you are, we can leave tomorrow. Otherwise, I'll just stay here with you until you leave. He starts getting ready for bed. However the hell that may be. He washes his face. Going home tomorrow. (laughs) Sounds good to me. I stand cumbersome at the foot of the bed. Um, where should I sleep? He pats his face dry on a towel and tosses it back into the sink. In the bed. He lays down a blanket on the floor. Where else would you sleep? I don't want you to sleep on the floor either. I pick up the blanket from the floor. Just sleep in the bed with me. I trust you. I crawl onto the bed and pat the bed beside me. He stands a moment. 
You know, you're gonna love Nadek. He jumps into bed, staying by the edge. Ugh, I can't wait. I turn out the light. We lay in bed, doused in a comfort I've never known or remember. We belong where we are, meant to be here together. Jack slips into a sleep, like me. He's been longing for the peace and serenity of being at home. His deep breathing calms my every ounce. I want to wrap myself around him so badly and absorb his loving touch. I'm not sure if I can't or just won't allow myself to touch him. <sighs> I fall asleep to the wonderful thought of being with Jack, living in Natick, together. I'm safe and happy right now. <laughs> That's a rarity. Hard to believe, I know. <sighs> I also know it's foolish to get caught up in some torrid love affair in the past. I mean, really far in the past, someplace I'm not even supposed to be. But what the hell else am I supposed to do? I'm going to kick back and relax for the first time in a very long time. <laughs> I can't even remember the last time I could relax. That sounds so good. Well, if there is truly some kind of weird, strange, cosmic thing going on, I'll find out about it. Eventually, I'm sure. They'll find me, probably when I least expect it. Next time on Tales of the Zugaroo. Hey, you ready to hit the road? The thought of building a life with Jack gives me beautiful chills. I had the master bedroom designed specifically for you. I'm overwhelmed with joy. My wall. Congratulations, you're hired. Built on baseless fears. We haven't settled down. Yeah. Gives way to a new optimism. He makes me feel like I'm the only woman in the world. <laughs> Doc? <laughs>